Good morning, everyone, and welcome to In Conversation With. My name is Michelle Reese, and this is my little podcast um, that I've come to love personally, despite what anyone else thinks. Today, I have a very special guest who I've actually not met in person before, um, but I'm sure we will pretty soon. I have Robert Kenwood of You Search and Select, or Rob. Can I call you Rob? Call me what you want. If you, <laughs> <laughs> you can call me Shirley if you want. Yeah. <laughs> How are you today? Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. I, uh, we have the end of day's weather down here in Brighton at the moment. So, uh, you know, fun and games. And I keep watching the weather forecast. I think, and we were just talking about this before, and I'll, I'll say quickly that um, I've kind of relocated to, to Mercia because my company gave me the opportunity to work from wherever, really. So I thought it a great opportunity to move to my little house, and it is little. I'm currently doing this in the bedroom. Um, but, yeah, it's afforded us perfect 36 degrees. I was going to say, you're, you're just rubbing it in now, aren't you? <laughs> but the Wi-Fi is a bit temperamental, so apologies if this cuts in and out um, and we sound like robots. It's, it's all on me. So, Rob, you're well. Apart from the rain, you have been um, instrumental in the event professionals kind of, I feel, getting through the last six months. You've been very active across all social platforms. I think, and we can talk about this as we go on, we've got such a great group of event profs that mm. I think mm. pre-COVID, I knew people and I knew of people, but the last six months has really um, instilled like such a, how do I say, like a really like all-encompassing culture of togetherness. And I think we know people so much better than we did before. And it's down to social. Before we kind of go into that, I think it'd be great if you could tell everyone a little bit about you. I know you've got a really great history and lots of great experience in the events realm. Um, so yeah, maybe talk us through who you are, what you do, uh, where you've been within reason, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right, uh, 100% about at the moment, just before we go in. I think I've, I said to someone the other week, it feels like all your connections have become your community. You know, I think where we were all chatting before I think we're all supporting one another now which has been great yeah so been enjoying that but yeah I mean I've, I've been an event professional um, and a recruiter for 20 years now um, seven years in events sort of 10 nine ten years as a recruiter and I've had my business you search and select for the last four and a half um, yeah very much a specialist recruitment so it's sort of c-suite uh, director level um, and I'm a retained recruiter, so I sort of become part of the hiring team as well. So it's headhunting as well as the selection. So it's very niche, and right up until, like most businesses, right up until February, March, we were we were rocking and rolling. Yeah. Well, I think I've just cut out there. Can you can, hear me okay? I, yeah, you are sort of a bit um, robotic. No, I'm sure it'll get better. Let me just see if I can move us out a little bit. As long as you can edit your podcast. Okay. Yeah. Well, sometimes I do. Sometimes I just push it out, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe not this bit. Yeah, bit. okay. Sorry. sorry. No, not, not the most important bit. Um, so I interrupted you. So, yeah. So very senior. So C-suite executives. And so you mentioned like headhunting per se. Yeah, so the usual, you know, unfortunately, recruitment has become a bit of a, a bit of a dirty word, not just in the event sector, but across across the well, across the world, basically. Um, and really, I was a bit fed up myself as I was a you know a senior event professional myself. Just got a bit fed up with the usual, you know, pushing out CVs 
quick phone call saying that was an interview. So I developed what we call fitability, which is much more around the candidate's career and personal attributes matching the business growth plan as well. So it's, yeah. you know, focused on that 40% really that makes a difference. You know, the, yeah. the 60% is the skills and experience, which should be a given, but it's the 40%, yeah. you know, the personality, the, the projects, the relationships, the, the cultural fitness, all of that side, that that's what keeps people in a job, you know? hundred percent. And not many people look into that. And I mean, you can, I, I always think, and I'm sure you can agree, you can learn anything. So if my, if I'm going for a role and it says that I must um, be, you know, well-versed in internal communications, or I need to have um, a, an understanding of PR, then I would go off and learn that. But culture and being the right fit for an organization is way more important because it, like you said, that is what makes you stay. Yeah, and I think, you know, because I interview the client as well, I will write the job description for them. So yeah. I will write write the job description, write the, the applicant profile and the candidate profile, and I do the first stage interview on behalf of the client. So when we talk about culture and values and, you know, people in the business, I'm not, you know, talking from a position of I want you just to get the job. I'm talking from a this is what it's like to work there. You know, you make that decision as, as, a, as a professional because – on the flip side, I, I actually do a six-month 100% rebate, so it's in everybody's interest that, that the hire works out. Of course, and I imagine you retain a lot of your, your, your clients as well, like me looking for a job. If that's the way that you worked, which sounds amazing, then I would always come back to you for each and every role, you know, as I shift roles every couple of years. Um, yeah, but I would say that the applicants I place, they're the sort of, you know, they're, they're there for the three, five, seven-year period, you know, um, yeah. They're going in at board level or senior leadership, yes. um, you know, hence why it's, it's really important. You know, they've probably been where they were for three, five, seven years. And I've either tapped them on the shoulder or they've heard of me. You know, they're not going to job hop. They're not going to go because someone's offering them another £10,000. You know, it's it's a, their career roles. And I think yeah. the clients come back to me. But again, you know, the business growth is dependent, you know, organically on those placements, you know, growing into the role and then needing more people in their team. But you know, clients yeah. probably, you know, maybe will come back to me once every 12 to 18 months because obviously, you know, they yeah. don't they don't need that senior hire every six months, you know, so. No, you would hope not. No, and it's so it's constantly, you know, meeting new people, reaching out, finding, you know, getting eyes on the brand, basically. And what do you think about that? Because that's, I mean, I, I recruit people into, into my business um, and looking at CVs and I have noticed like a stark difference between kind of the younger generation who tend to stay in a role for a year, get itchy feet and start to move up versus like my age. Um, I won't tell you how old I am, but I, I, I would prefer, I don't know how to say this without, I would prefer to see people at a junior level do a couple of years at least in an organisation before they're ready to, to move. Um, do you see that a lot? in your industry i know you recruit more senior type of people but do you have any opinion on like how long our junior people should kind of look to stay in a role before they they try to move on or is it just their game i, think I actually wrote a post on on this a few weeks back you know the sort of job hopping that people call yeah. it and i think i think our industry that it has to take responsibility if, if somebody's leaving your organization within 12 to 18 months um, you know, and, and everything's been going well, obviously, we're assuming, then then either there isn't a career development plan for them within your business, or when you've hired them, you've not thought about the future. So I think 
I think the industry and the agencies themselves have to take responsibility that if we've if we've got a turnover of junior staff at 18, two years, why have we got that? Yeah. On, on the second yeah. part, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, I, I personally think that if you're recruiting someone and he or she has, you know, spent 18 months, two years here, 18 months, two years there, I, I see that as quite a positive because you're looking at the amount of information they're going to have gathered in that two years. I would yeah. say that's better than someone that's maybe been, not better, sorry, that's a more, that's a more sort of forward thinking applicant than someone that's maybe been in the same job role junior or mid-level for sort of four or five years now yeah, exactly. I get that there are going to be the odd actually I'm quite happy here this is what I want to do but if someone's moving role you're assuming it's career development wise and if they've just stayed in the same role I would ask questions of that but I, I do think that sort of job hopping as it's called I think yeah you has to take responsibility for that you know if there's a reason why you're losing people after 18 months to two years you have to start looking at yourself not the people leaving yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And I guess it, it's hard to kind of retain great talent at the moment. But I guess in light of COVID and what we're going through at the moment, which is what we're going to talk about, unfortunately, a lot of people have lost their roles, mm. um, the, the, their career aspirations. You might have had people fresh out of university, you know, they've done their degree in event management, they've landed their dream job and bosh, it's all gone, which is heartbreaking. And, and it makes yeah. me so sad to think about all of the super talented people. And I know we've got a couple of mutual connections who this has happened to. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the best advice and what I've been talking to my network about is going into perhaps a cross-functional role. So moving into events and communications or events and marketing, or maybe you could get a job in uh, like as a, as a PA or an EA with an element of events into it to, to retain that kind of skill set and hope in the future that you could go back into it. But then I guess, from an employer's perspective, they're going to know that this person, they say myself, if I went to, um, if I lost my job, I've got 12, 13 years experience as an event manager. I go to a, uh, an employer and you put me in touch with someone who's looking for a, a, an EA or a PA. They're going to be like, why the hell does this person want to be a PA? They're not going to stay long. As soon as the industry picks up again, they're going to like move out and go back into events. So I don't know what we can do about that. And I don't know what the best advice for people um, I mean, obviously, you know better than I do, but like, how do we help people? Well, I think it's an, in, it's an interesting situation there. And I think that is all about honesty. That, that yeah. is all about being upfront with someone. Because if I ran a business and I had someone like you applying, that, you know, 12, 13 years with your obvious experience and background, and you said to me, look, I, I'm looking for, I'll come and be your PA for nine months or six months or something. Mm -hmm. I know I'm getting a super talented, super experienced person. You, you've applied knowing that the job salary is probably, you know, less than you would get anywhere else. Yeah. I would personally look at that as a business and think, this is great. I'm going to have someone amazing for six to nine months. Yeah. I, I think where it falls down is where people go into these interviews with, yes, this is where I want to be. This is my, you know, I, there's a phrase that I've never, ever forgotten. It's you lie to get a job. You tell the truth to get a career. Oh, and, I think that's that's so apt at the moment, you know, and I've been speaking to people, more sales, you know, looking at sort of moving into different sales roles that are well, you know, below salary of where they are. And yeah. we're quite open with, they're going in saying, look, I'll do six, nine, 12 months here for you. You know, I'll absolutely smash this for yeah. you for six, nine, 12 months. But when I can go back to the, the industry I love, I will be going back. And I think yeah. that's that's about, you know, the freelance market, you know, I've just launched um, a freelance service. Yeah. Well, you know, that would be my advice to anybody at the moment now is set yourself up as a freelancer. 
yeah. um, you know get everything in place if you have the time and the inclination set yourself up as a limited company as well in, in individual limited because companies love limited because of liability and, and insurance yeah. etc um because the freelance market you know brands won't give business to agencies that don't have people in them you know they yeah. won't give them if you haven't got people to do, to do the work but then agencies on the flip side can't afford the fixed overhead so yeah you know look as you know uh, i'm very i'm pragmatic i'm very positive but i'm also <laughs> not you know i don't stick my head in the sand you know yeah. our industry even if the best happens you know and we have a some sort of medicine by the end of this year and it means that look, you know covid's not going away we all know that but yeah hopefully we'll have something that means without putting too fine a point on it you're not going to die yeah um, and say we all can get back out to normal say by the end of this year we're like right it's all you know it's going to be 2022 until our industry is anywhere near like it was last year you know i yeah. would say 2022 it'll be maybe 70 80 percent agreed yeah you know and i think next year even with a fair wind i think if we got back up to 50 percent of where the sector was that that would be absolutely incredible so we have to all realize that you know the new normal this isn't the new normal i bloody hate that phrase this is not, this is <laughs> as not, much as i hate the word pivot oh but it's but the thing is new normal that, that scares you you know i think i read somewhere we're going to lose a hundred thousand you know a hundred thousand redundancies in the sort of you know the whole travel meetings event space yeah and hear, hearing this is the new normal that that is not helpful to people yeah it's not is it you know we're in, <laughs> we're in crisis management disaster recovery like like you just said then the next three to six months, God, if you need to get a job in Asda delivering stuff or Tesco stacking shelves or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. No. You know, it's, it's your financial, your mental and your physical health. You've got that is your focus. Yeah. And then when we get to the other side of it, you know, six months time when the fog starts to clear, that's the time to think, right, how am I going to be in the industry you know, because realistically, Michelle, you know, it is going to be nine months until it's worth having an existential career crisis about, you know, long term career. Yeah. And, and that devastates me. You know, I'm an, I'm an ILEA board member, uh, an MIA judge, um, an event yeah. advocate, you know. Of course. Yeah. But, but that is we, we have to open our eyes to this. And I think when you go into things with your eyes open, you know, I, I've, I've been there for saying events now about 10 years and you know, I've seen event professionals pull off stuff that, you know, I just thought was impossible. You know, I, I, <laughs> I know the sector and the people in it are yeah. the most hardy bunch in the world. Resilient, yeah. And resilient, yeah, that's a great word. But I think at the moment, we, it's a bit like seven stages of grief. You know, we're still in that sort of, that shock stage. We're, I hear people going, oh, you know, Q3, Q4, we'll be going to live events. And I'm sat there like, I'm, I'm not going to go to a live event and I'm in it. You know, I'm, no, yeah, I, I completely get on a train agree. And a tube and a plane. Well, I mean, I, I am a type one diabetic, so I do have to be a little, little bit more careful. But you do, yeah. You know, it's we've got to realize, and then I think when you get that vision, right? Let's move forward. Let's move forward. And what what does the now look like? Yeah. I felt like that was my Churchillian speech there. No, but it was really good, and it's everything you've touched on is exactly what I hundred percent believe in as well. And I think at the beginning of COVID with our networking group as well and everyone was really positive and like yeah you know it's not going to be long we're going to be back to normal oh, just hold on virtual events aren't here for forever um and then you can see the the shift in in mindsets and positivities yeah, yeah. has ebbed and flowed and people are now thinking you know obviously virtual is where it's at how can we take this product and you know 
bolster our careers and bolster our learning and bolster our experience to be better virtual event managers. No one wants to be a virtual event manager, 100%. Anyone that's gone from in-person, I, I mean, this is my personal opinion, but it's not the most glamorous of jobs. We're used to, you know, I did 1,000 person events in, in Miami or traveled all over the world delivering events in Bangkok as if I want to sit there and just deliver a virtual event. And that's how a lot of our, our profession would feel. But unfortunately it's the way it is and you have to be resilient you have to go this is where it's at this is what I need to do what can I do to make my career stronger what can I learn what can I pivot to um to be able to keep myself employed and stay in an industry that I love um well, that's the thing that virtual is is a massive sticking plaster and, I, and I'm sorry for anybody that runs a bit but it is a how do we keep money coming in how do we keep the sector moving but you know i see these job adverts people looking for five years experience in virtual with a degree you know paying 30 grand you know yeah. nobody is but i would say out of say a thousand people i would say three of them could hand on heart say i know how to do you know i am a virtual specialist i'm an offline yeah. uh, online specialist and i think virtual is what's going to get us through this yeah hybrid will be the the you know the new normal but you know, I'm telling you now, Michelle, if we come back in two years time, I'm telling you now the budget split will be 90% live, 10% online. Yeah. You know, I, 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 it's like, you know, AI, VR. I, I really do think, you know, obviously we're not going to go back to that, you know, static camera at the back of a room with a live crackly feed to anyone yeah. that wants, you know, it will be more production, more hybrid, more yeah. integrated, but you know, we've all worked with those clients that talk about budget, budget, budget. When you start talking about, right, that's going to be 50 grand for that part. So you've got to take 50 grand off your life. It will suddenly be, well, why don't we spend 25 online and then have another 20, you know, and they'll say, oh, let's get, I don't know, diversity or something. You know, you know what yeah. clients do. Let's just spend it on, you know, the bar or having more creative or more content, hopefully. But yeah, yeah I, I, I think it's going to be two or three years before we're, I mean, we won't be back to 2019, you know, that, that I really see the whole travel industry, especially changing. I think yeah. the meeting sector has changed for good. You know, I was, when I was the global development director at Bank Sadler and I was chatting to someone the other day about a time, you know, I flew to Luxembourg, you know, in the morning for like a sort of hour, hour and a half meeting, had some lunch and flew back. Oh yeah, I mean, I used to do that all the time. Yeah, that was my just, life. <laughs> you know, I went to Bucharest on an overnight for an hour, for a sort of a very big client of ours was based over the global client we did like their quarterly appraisal you know and obviously i was the, the you know the senior guy so i get rolled out for those sort of things yeah when you're like we flew in we've stayed overnight we've done the meeting and then we flew, and i was thinking that's going to be that that is a that is a zoom call you Which, know that yeah but, but doesn't it break your heart i mean i used to work with bank sadler um a lot in my previous role and it does break your heart to think that you're not going to be able to to, to get back to those sorts of things because I used to love it I used to love getting picked up in my little car at 6 a.m <laughs> to the airport used to get business class on a flight to Bangkok yeah I, I, I you know I think the other side of it is um you know and I know this isn't a popular opinion but part of me is the environmental the environmental impact of yeah of course industry. I would much rather not lose, but I would much rather that side of thing was the stuff that we don't do again. Yeah. And and there's more focus on the creativity and the content and the legacy messaging and the ROI and the 
the speakers and the you know the, the yeah. real change that like you know live events can change not just people's lives but people's actions and 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 take a business forward you can't tell me that's not where our focus should be you know yeah, exactly. and, and i think i think you know and we've seen all this now with the we make it red you know red alert campaign so we make events and red alert campaign we are still an industry that the public and the government haven't got a clue about yeah you know, they just uh, and this has all highlighted the whole i mean i i got into events 33 34 yeah i've been in 10 years now you know as a recruiter for nine before that and i absolutely hand on heart did not know there was a 70 billion pound industry that put events on yeah I don't think anyone did, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> we all sit in our little bubbles, don't we? I know. Yeah. But I mean, I, you know, on the virtual thing, and I should point out, my so my company has always done virtual. So I have oh, been yeah. super fortunate. I've stayed employed. I've retained my whole team. I've hired into my team. I've uh, promoted within my team. And, you know, our virtual's probably gone from 75%, so it was virtual, 75%, 25% in person, yeah. And, we, and we've kept that going and it's been really powerful and we've done great things within our business on the virtual side. So, yeah. you know, that's been really useful for me to see as well because I, I was I, kind of... That, I mean, that is phenomenal. That, that is, that's not pivoting, is it? That's organic growth on a product. Yeah. You know, like I've just seen that interview with Cvent, you know, and, and they were already sort of moving a lot that way. But when you see some of these agencies that try and smash a live event strategy into an online event... Yeah. And you just, you know. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, you and you need you need to respect. Respect is that the right word? You need to 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 put your hand up and say, look, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. I'm a small yeah. agency owner. I don't know how to navigate this, but I'm going to give it my best. And this is what yeah. I think is going to work for us in in short term. And we have seen a lot of that as well. And you know, all of the different membership organisations that our industry has come up with. Um, I can't even name a few at the moment. I haven't had Alia, MIA, as I'm part of them. <laughs> of course, of course. But even like Event First Steps, like how they've come together and they've done some amazing things as well. Um, oh, well Juliet Tripp. 15, you know, their live event, you know, that was an event. I think, I think any event where you see Zoom as the platform, you have to take into account that that is Zoom being used to support that event rather than here is a pure virtual event you know yeah. there's a there's a big difference there but yeah no you're right there's i mean there's there's many people doing really good stuff via zoom but that is more like we said you know that is that sticking plaster approach that is how do we how do we get through this how do we reach an audience that we need to and we can't get in the same room exactly oh there has been i i, I have loved seeing people shift and, and change focus and yeah come together i think that's what's the most important thing that's come out of COVID yeah. events industry it's decimated decimated is that the right word decimated decimated I haven't had my breakfast yet as I just told you <laughs> <laughs> we both haven't had a shower yet that's how we're no, I, I haven't brushed my teeth yet oh, so you now you're being <laughs> I told you I got up and I went for a walk and I was like um anyway that's the side um I want to thank you so much for speaking to me this morning. We're at 20 minutes. I like to keep these short and sweet for people actually yeah. <laughs> listening to us, listening to it. Um, but thank you so much. It's been really good to talk to you. Finally, um, I know we haven't met in person, but I know we're going to arrange drinks when it's socially acceptable to do so. 
um, I am going to include your contact details on the description of this podcast if people would like to reach out to you. I will definitely work with you when I'm next uh, on the hunt for my next role. Um, not soon, though, if my current employee is listening. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Rob. No, I would just say that on my website, uh, uses.co.uk, I've, I've created a whole suite of collateral for people from, you know, creating their LinkedIn profile into a marketing document into CV advice and a template. You know, there's also video interviewing tips because we are not going to meet people. Um, and as you know, I'm, my community initiative, the, the Zoom one-to-one consultancy sessions, I've now done nearly 230. So there's a Amazing. link on there if people just want half hour of my time to, to just chat about whatever. So like you say, we will get through this. My focus is on what can I do rather than what I can't do. And that exactly. will get us all through the other side. Yeah, I 100% agree. Bob, right. thank you Lovely so much to... then. Lovely to meet you virtually. Enjoy 36 <laughs> degree heat, you move. I will, don't you worry. <laughs> Take care, Bob. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Bye. Right, I stopped it. Is that okay? Yeah, thank you. That was really good. I think it was a bit fuzzy at the beginning, but um, then it kind of, or I'll probably, st I'll sit up now because I was like on it. Um, it was a bit fuzzy at the beginning. <laughs> Sorry, it's really unprofessional. Um, but I think, yeah, the audio was great towards the end and people would love to listen to that. I'll try and get it out as quickly as possible because what you've got to say and what you do and what you have been doing is yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, I had, I had all this prep stuff, all this prep from your question. You just, and we just ignored it. I was like, right, okay. I like that. <laughs> I, I said to my husband this morning, this, this lady emailed me. She's like, oh my God, I love your podcast because it feels like I'm literally just in a room just chatting shit with a couple of event professionals. Yeah, I'm like, that's what right. I wanted it to be. And that's why I try and keep it short because it is just like in conversation with, but I'm sorry we went off topic. No, no. I mean, it's the, it's, I hated doing it at the end, but I think because... I get asked as you can appreciate and, and before yeah. COVID, I'll be honest, I, I probably was a bit different, but the amount of times people say, you know, have you got 30 minutes? I can tell you what I'm looking for. Help me with my CV. Yeah. And the difficulty is, excuse my French, Michelle, but it's like, no, no, I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's like coming to you and saying, could you just do my kid's birthday party or tonight? Yeah. Yeah. But, but don't, you know, so I created all this collateral and it's been great. You know, I've been able to yeah. say to people, I can't actually do a person's CV. I'm not very good because you will take it personally. Um, yeah. And obviously, as you know, what I do is very bespoke. So I can now say there's a there's a webinar and a template. Yeah. There's some stuff on LinkedIn. There's some yeah. stuff on video. And, and even on the one-to-ones, you know, when people book in, it says, you know, this is not a CV session, you know, because yeah. I'm not. And imagine the amount of people that go, oh, yeah, so can I have some help with my CV? <laughs> Yeah, but they do it, and it's it's across any function in the industry. Like my husband's a recruiter as well, and he 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 gets it all the time. Like, can you just reword my CV? And he'll get CVs. He's like, what the fuck? Like, there miss there's misspellings. Like this, people don't even bother to spell check it before they send it to him, just assuming that he's going to like rewrite it from A to Z. And it takes a couple of hours, and it's not fair. It's the same with yeah, weddings. I mean, your husband will know. Like, as a recruiter, you're you're fucked either way, really. Yeah. You know, I can spend. I mean, today I've got eight one-to-ones. Back yeah. to that, I've got a lunch break in the middle. Now imagine if that was people just wanted to tell me about what they're looking for. Right, that's yeah. my day gone, right? Yeah. Now if I say no to eight people, because my sort of stock phrase used to be, I find people for roles, not roles yeah. for people. Yeah. You say that to eight people and all they hear is, 
ah, well, you're you're not very nice, are you? You, you know, yeah. you're talking about fitability and getting to know a candidate, and you won't yeah. help. And you're suddenly yeah. thinking, well, you just can't win. No, you can't win. And and the amount of work that you put in, and we just had a conversation about that this morning. Like, my hubs has been working on with one particular client for months, and he's done so much work, and he's just waiting to find out if they've won the contract to be able to deliver their contractors. And it's probably been like six months of work. Crazy. If it doesn't come off, like what a waste. But people don't work see that. Pain. Work yeah. pain. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I'm just lying down. No, no, don't worry at all. How, how is your, so your husband's recruitment, that's into corporate, is it corporate? No, so we, Brad, my husband's been doing it for about 15, 20 years, 20 years. So he works on Salesforce contractors and puts oh, okay. them in. And then, so he's got that. And then he's also got one called Prima Partners um, that does, I think they work across Germany and they do CRM and Siebel and that sort of stuff. And then he has um, Event Profs Partners, which is corporate event planners. Is that the one with you? Yeah, so that's the one with me. But that's, you know, we've got, I've got about 50 candidates looking for a job right now, but there's no jobs. So... Obviously, I, I don't know what I can do to help people, and he can't either because I'm the one with the, the knowledge base and the skill set yeah. to be able to get to know people to put them in the right jobs. But, you know, I've gone back to um, my role, basically. I was three days a week. That's well. I was, I was three days a week at uh, GLG, and I had my... I'll turn the camera off because it's... Um... A consultancy and an agency on the side. It's stopping again. Yeah, so when it happened, my, my team were panicking because they're like, well, we can't not have you two days a week. So I said to my boss, listen, should I... Time to kind of navigate the team through this agency as a backup, uh, but I just don't really have a lot of time now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just tough out there, isn't it? I mean, you've done the right thing. I think if I didn't have the kids, maybe I would have done that as well. Oh, signal seems to be bad, Michelle. I think the signal's going, Michelle. To go, I mean, Michelle, the signal keeps going, darling.
Hello? No. 